It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 46. Genesis chapter 46. Jacob is here removing to Egypt in his old age, forced thither by a famine, and invited thither by a son. Here, numeral one, God sends him thither. Verse one through four. Numeral two, all his family goes with him. Verses five through twenty-seven. Numeral three, Joseph bids him welcome. Verses twenty-eight through thirty-four. Jacob sacrifices at Beersheba, B.C. 1707. Verse 1. And Israel took his journey with all that he had, and came to Beersheba, and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. Verse 2. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night, and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. Verse 3. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. Verse 4. I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again, and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. The divine precept is, In all thy ways acknowledge God, and the promise annexed to it is, He shall direct thy paths. Jacob has here a very great concern for him, not only a journey, but a removal to settle in another country, a change which was very surprising to him, for he never had any other thoughts than to live and die in Canaan, and which would be of great consequence to his family for a long time to come. Now here we are told. Numeral 1. How he acknowledged God in this way. He came to Beersheba from Hebron, where he now dwelt, and there he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Verse 1. He chose that place in remembrance of the communion which his father and grandfather had with God in that place. Abraham called on God there. Chapter 21, verse 33. So did Isaac. Chapter 26, verse 25. And therefore Jacob made it the place of his devotion, the rather because it lay in his way. In his devotion, number one, he had an eye to God as the God of his father Isaac, that is, a God in covenant with him, for by Isaac the covenant was entailed upon him. God had forbidden Isaac to go down to Egypt when there was a famine in Canaan. Chapter 26, verse 2 which perhaps Jacob calls to mind 
when he consults God as the God of his father Isaac. With this thought, Lord, though I am very desirous to see Joseph, yet if thou forbid me to go down to Egypt, as thou didst my father Isaac, I will submit, and very contentedly stay where I am. Number two, he offered sacrifices, extraordinary sacrifices, besides those at his stated times. These sacrifices were offered, number one, by way of thanksgiving for the late blessed change of the face of his family, for the good news he had received concerning Joseph, and for the hopes he had of seeing him again. Note, we should give God thanks for the beginnings of mercy, though they are not yet perfected, and this is a decent way of begging further mercy. Number two, by way of petition for the presence of God with him in his intended journey, he desired by these sacrifices to make his peace with God, to obtain the forgiveness of sin, that he might take no guilt along with him in his journey, for that is a bad companion. By Christ, the great sacrifice, we must reconcile ourselves to God and offer up our request to him. Number three, by way of consultation, the heathen consulted their oracles by sacrifice. Jacob would not go till he had asked God's leave. Shall I go down to Egypt or back to Hebron? Such must be our inquiries in doubtful cases, and though we cannot expect immediate answers from heaven, yet if we diligently attend to the directions of the word, conscience, and providence, we shall find it is not in vain to ask counsel of God. Numeral 2. How God Directed His Paths In the visions of the night, probably the very next night after he had offered his sacrifices, as Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7, God spoke unto him, verse 2. Note, those who desire to keep up communion with God shall find that it never fails on his side. If we speak to him as we ought, he will not fail to speak to us. God called him by name, by his old name, Jacob, Jacob, to remind him of his low estate. His present fears did scarcely become an Israel. Jacob, like one well acquainted with the visions of the Almighty, and ready to obey them, answers, Here I am, ready to receive orders. And what has God to say to him? Number one. He renews the covenant with him. I am God, the God of thy father, verse 3. That is, I am what thou ownest me to be. Thou shalt find me a God, a divine wisdom and power engaged for thee. And thou shalt find me the God of thy father, true to the covenant made with him. Number 2. He encourages him to make his removal of his family. Fear not to go down into Egypt. It seems, though Jacob, upon the first intelligence of Joseph's life and glory in Egypt, resolved without any hesitation, I will go and see him. Yet, upon second thoughts, he saw some difficulties in it, which he knew not well how to get over. Note, even those changes that seem to have in them the greatest joys and hopes, yet have an alloy of cares and fears. Nola est sincera voluptus. There is no unmingled pleasure. We must always rejoice with trembling. Jacob had many careful thoughts about this journey, 
which God took notice of. Number one, he was old, 130 years old, and it is mentioned as one of the infirmities of old people that they are afraid of that which is high, and fears are in the way. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 5. It was a long journey, and Jacob was unfit for travel, and perhaps remembered that his beloved Rachel died in a journey. Number two, he feared lest his son should be tainted with the idolatry of Egypt, and forget the God of their fathers, or enamored with the pleasures of Egypt, and forget the land of promise. Number three, probably he thought of what God had said to Abraham concerning the bondage and affliction of his seed, chapter 15, verse 13, and was apprehensive that his removal to Egypt would issue in that. Present satisfaction should not take us off from the consideration and prospect of future inconveniences, which possibly may arise from what now appears most promising. Number four, he could not think of laying his bones in Egypt, but whatever his discouragements were, this was enough to answer them all. Fear not to go down into Egypt. Number three, he promises him comfort in the removal. One, that he should multiply in Egypt. I will there, where thou fearest that thy family will sink and be lost, make it a great nation. That is the place, infinite wisdom, has chosen for the accomplishment of that promise. 2. That he should have God's presence with him. I will go down with thee into Egypt. Note, those that go whither God sends them shall certainly have God with them, and that is enough to secure them wherever they are and to silence their fears. We may safely venture even into Egypt if God go down with us. Number 3 that neither he nor his should be lost in Egypt. I will surely bring thee up again. Though Jacob died in Egypt, yet this promise was fulfilled. Number 1. In the bringing up of his body to be buried in Canaan, about which, it appears, he was very solicitous. Chapter 49, verse 29, and verse 32. 2. In the bringing up of his seed to be settled in Canaan, whatever low or darksome valley we are called into at any time, we may be confident, if God go down with us into it, that he will surely bring us up again. If he go with us down to death, he will surely bring us up again to glory. 4. That living and dying his beloved Joseph should be a comfort to him. Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. This is a promise that Joseph should live as long as he lived, that he should be with him at his death, and close his eyes with all possible tenderness and respect, as the dearest relations used to do. Probably Jacob, in the multitude of his thoughts with him, had been wishing that Joseph might do this last office of love for him. Illy Neos, Oclos, Compromat, let him close my eyes. And God thus answered him in the letter of his desire. Thus God sometimes gratifies the innocent wishes of his people, and makes not only their death happy, but the very circumstances of it agreeable. Jacob's Removal to Egypt 
B.C. 1706. Verse 5. And Jacob rose up at Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, and their little ones, and their wives, in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. Verse 6. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him. Verse 7. His sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. Verse 8. And these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Jacob and his sons. Reuben, Jacob's firstborn. Verse 9. And the sons of Reuben. Hanuk and Felu, and Hezron, and Carmi. Verse 10. And the sons of Simeon. Jamil, and Jamin, and Ohad, and Jochen, and Zohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanitish woman. Verse 11. And the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Verse 12. And the sons of Judah, Er and Onan, and Shelah, and Perez, and Zerah. But Er and Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of Perez were Hezron and Hamul. Verse 13. And the sons of Ishakar, Tola and Puvah, and Job and Shimron. Verse 14. And the sons of Zebulun, Sered and Alon and Jeliel. Verse 15. These be the sons of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob in Padan Aram, with his daughter Dinah. All the souls of his sons and his daughters were thirty and three. Verse 16. And the sons of Gad, Ziphion and Haggai, Shuni and Esbon, Eri and Erodi and Ereli. Verse 17. And the sons of Asher, Jimna and Ishua, and Izzi and Berea, and Sarah, their sister, and the sons of Berea, Heber and Malkiel. Verse 18. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter, and these she bare unto Jacob, even sixteen souls. Verse 19. The sons of Rachel, Jacob's wife, Joseph and Benjamin. Verse 20. And unto Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim, which Aseneth, the daughter of Potipera, priest of On, bare unto him. Verse 21. And the sons of Benjamin were Bela and Bekir, and Ashbel, Gera and Naaman, Ehi and Rosh, Mupim and Hupim, and Ard. Verse 22. These are the sons of Rachel, which were born to Jacob. All the souls were fourteen. Verse 23. And the sons of Dan, Hushim. Verse 24. And the sons of Naphtali, Jezeel, and Guni, and Jezer, and Shilam. Verse 25. These are the sons of Bilhah, which Laban gave unto Rachel his daughter, and she bare these unto Jacob. All the souls were seven. Verse 26. All the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, besides Jacob's sons' wives, all those souls were threescore and six. Verse 27. 
and the sons of Joseph, which were born him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, were threescore and ten. Old Jacob is here flitting. Little did he think of ever leaving Canaan. He expected, no doubt, to die in his nest, and to leave his seed in actual possession of the promised land. But providence orders it otherwise. Note, those that think themselves well settled may yet be unsettled in a little time. Even old people who think of no other removal than that to the grave, which Jacob had much upon his heart, chapter 37, verse 35, and chapter 42, verse 38, sometimes live to see great changes in their family. It is good to be ready, but not only for the grave, but for whatever may happen betwixt us and the grave. Observe, 1. How Jacob was conveyed, not in a chariot, though chariots were then used, but in a wagon. Verse 5. Jacob had the character of a plain man, who did not affect anything stately or magnificent. His son rode in a chariot. Chapter 41, verse 43. But a wagon would serve him. Number 2. The removal of what he had with him. 1. His effects. Verse 6. Cattle and goods. These he took with him, that he might not wholly be beholden to Pharaoh for a livelihood, and that it might not afterwards be said of them that they came beggars to Egypt. 2. His family, all his seed, verse 7. It is probable that they had continued to live together in common with their father, and therefore, when he went, they all went, which perhaps they were the more willing to do, because though they had heard that the land of Canaan was promised them, yet to this day they had none of it in possession. We have here a particular account of the names of Jacob's family, his son's sons, most of whom are afterwards mentioned as heads of houses in the several tribes. See Numbers chapter 26, verse 5, etc. Bishop Patrick observes that Ishakar called his eldest son Toa, which signifies a worm, probably because when he was born he was a very little weak child, a worm and no man likely to live, and yet there sprang from him a very numerous offspring. First Chronicles chapter 7 verse 2. Note, living and dying do not go by probability. The whole number that went down into Egypt was 66. Verse 26 to which add Joseph and his two sons, who were there before, and Jacob himself, the head of the family, and you have the number of 70. Verse 27. The LXX makes them 75, and Stephen follows them. Acts chapter 7, verse 14. The reason of which we leave to the conjecture of the critics. But let us observe. 1. Masters of families ought to take care of all under their charge, and to provide for those of their own house food convenient for both body and soul. When Jacob himself removed to a land of plenty, he would not leave any of his children behind him to starve in a barren land. 2. Though the accomplishment of promises is always sure, yet it is often slow. It was now 215 years since God had promised Abraham to make of him a great nation. 
chapter 12, verse 2. And yet that branch of his seed on which the promise was entailed had increased only to seventy, of which this particular account is kept that the power of God in multiplying these seventy to so vast a multitude, even in Egypt, may appear the more illustrious. When God pleases, a little one shall become a thousand. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. Meeting between Jacob and Joseph, B.C. 1706, verse 28. And he sent Judah before him unto Joseph, to direct his face unto Goshen. And they came into the land of Goshen. Verse 29. And Joseph made ready his chariot, and went out to meet Israel his father, to Goshen, and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck, and wept on his neck a good while. Verse 30. And Israel said unto Joseph, Now let me die since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. Verse 31. And Joseph said unto his brethren, and unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh, and say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. Verse 32. And the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle, and they have brought their flocks and their herds, and all that they have. Verse 33. And it shall come to pass that Pharaoh shall call you, and shall say, What is your occupation? Verse 34. That ye shall say, Thy servant's trade hath been two hundred and fifty about cattle from our youth even until now, both we and also our fathers, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. We have here, numeral one, the joyful meeting between Jacob and his sons Joseph, in which we observe, number one, Jacob's prudence in sending Judah before him to Joseph to give him notice of his arrival in Goshen. This was a piece of respect owing to the government, under the protection of which these strangers had come to put themselves. Verse 28. We should be very careful not to give offense to any, especially not to the higher powers. Number two, Joseph's filial respect to him. He went in his chariot to meet him, and in the interview showed, one, how much he honored him. He presented himself unto him. Note, it is the duty of children to reverence their parents, yea, though providence as to outward condition has advanced them above their parents. Two, how much he loved him. Time did not wear out the sense of his obligations, but his tears which he shed abundantly upon his father's neck, for to joy to see him, were real indications of the sincere and strong affection he had for him. See how near sorrow and joy are to each other in this world, when tears serve for the expression of both. In the other world weeping will be restrained to sorrow only, in heaven there is perfect joy, but no tears of joy. All tears, even those, shall there be wiped away, because the joys there are as no joys are here, without any alloy. When Joseph embraced Benjamin, he wept upon his neck, but when he embraced his father, he wept upon his neck a good while. His brother Benjamin was dear, but his father Jacob must be dearer. 
Number 3. Jacob's great satisfaction in this meeting. Now let me die. Verse 30. Not but that it was further desirable to live with Joseph, and to see his honor and usefulness, but he had so much pleasure and satisfaction in this first meeting, that he thought it too much to desire or expect any more in this world, where our comforts must always be imperfect. Jacob wished to die immediately, and lived seventeen years longer, which, as our lives go, is a considerable part of a man's age. Note, death will not always come just when we call for it, whether in a passion or sorrow or in a passion of joy. Our times are in God's hands, and not in our own. We must die just when God pleases, and not either just when we are surfeited with the pleasures of life, or just when we are overwhelmed with its griefs. Numeral 2. Joseph's prudent care concerning his brethren's settlement. It was justice to Pharaoh to let him know that such a colony had come to settle in his dominions. Note, if others repose a confidence in us, we must not be so base and disingenuous as to abuse it by imposing upon them. If Jacob and his family should come to be a charge to the Egyptians, yet it should never be said that they came among them clandestinely and by stealth. Thus, Joseph took care to pay his respect to Pharaoh. Verse 31. But how shall we dispose of his brethren? Time was when they were contrived to get rid of him. Now he is contriving to settle them to their satisfaction and advantage. This is rendering good for evil. Now, one, he would have them to live by themselves, separate as much as might be from the Egyptians in the land of Goshen, which lay nearest to Canaan, and which perhaps was more thinly peopled by the Egyptians, and well furnished with pastures for cattle. He desired that they live separately, that they might be in the less danger both of being infected by the vices of the Egyptians and of being insulted by the malice of the Egyptians. Shepherds, it seems, were an abomination to the Egyptians. That is, they looked upon them with contempt and scorned to converse with them, and he would not send for his brethren to Egypt to be trampled upon, and yet, too, he would have them to continue shepherds and not to be ashamed to own that as their occupation before Pharaoh, he could have employed them under himself in the corn trade, or perhaps, by his interest in the king, might have procured places for them at court or in the army, and some of them at least were deserving enough. But such preferments would have exposed them to the envy of the Egyptians, and would have tempted them to forget Canaan and the promises made unto their fathers, Therefore he contrives to continue them in their old employment. Note. 1. An honest calling is no disparagement, nor ought we to account it so either in ourselves or in our relations, but rather reckon it as a shame to be idle, or to have nothing to do. 2. It is generally best for people to abide in the callings that they have been bred to and used to. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 24 whatever employment or condition god in his providence has allotted for us let us accommodate ourselves to it 
and satisfy ourselves with it, and not mind high things. It is better to be the credit of a mean post than the shame of a high one. End of chapter 46 Experience the best in relaxation and entertainment with Saul Good Streaming at SaulGood.org. Our extensive library features hundreds of audiobooks, thousands of short stories, original podcasts, and popular sounds for sleep, meditation, and relaxation all ad-free. Whether you want to escape into a good book or fall asleep to your favorite ambient sound, we have something for everyone. Go to SaulGood.org to start streaming and discover your new go-to for entertainment and relaxation. That's S-O-L-G-O-O-D dot O-R-G. Experience the best in relaxation and entertainment with Saul Good Streaming at SaulGood.org. Our extensive library features hundreds of audiobooks, thousands of short stories, original podcasts, and popular sounds for sleep, meditation, and relaxation all ad-free. Whether you want to escape into a good book or fall asleep to your favorite ambient sound, we have something for everyone. Go to SaulGood.org to start streaming and discover your new go-to for entertainment and relaxation. That's S-O-L-G-O-O-D dot O-R-G.